Hey there, welcome to the Cold Turkey Podcast. This week, I'm sitting down with Brian. Um, interesting talk, interesting talk. Um, Brian has been open-hearted uh, enough to uh, share his story about uh, you know some of the mental health challenges that he has uh, had throughout his life. Um, so fascinating. Um, it has touched me a lot. It has, uh, you know... Um, it has been an interesting story and, and his story is interesting, but you know, like the, the kind of the synchronicity of, you know, like stuff that I'm going through myself and yeah, you know, like I'll let it listen to it, but, um, really happy that Brian has accepted to be part of that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to waste anyone, any more of your time and, you know, just enjoy listening to Brian. Have a good day. Hey, Brian, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing good and I'm getting better. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, I think, you know, like I'm done with asking questions about, you know, like the pandemic, but, you know, like uh, since I know we're going to be sitting and talking about tonight, um, I want to ask you that question. How's the um, pandemic? It's probably one of the last time, I, you know, like I'm, I'm, it's probably one of the last time because, you know, like for the past, almost the past year, I've been kind of introducing my guests and asking that first question, which was, how has been the pandemic uh, for you? You know, like uh, as far as impacted your, your like either your like your, your social life and, you know, like your life in general. Um, so, you know, again, you know, like, because I know what we're going to be talking about, you know, like I'm, I'm just curious about, you know, like how has the uh, pandemic, you know, affected you? Well, when, the first airplane from China landed at March Air Force Base. So it was actually in the same city as March Air Force Base. And they, they, they were still like trying to figure out what this was. And they uh, quarantined that airplane for two weeks. I was living in the same city on a mountain in a tent. And what happened was it came on such it was so fast i was in the tent watching youtube and here's president trump getting online and dr fauci never seen dr fauci before but it was all serious there's only like 10 people in the in the in the pr room i'm looking at this this thing and i'm like wow what is this and i didn't real realize the impact that it would have later but uh my mom's parents I received an inheritance. Well, my mom received an inheritance and she built the attic in her Utah house. Her dad, her husband is a, is a, is a building inspector. So he knew exactly how to build a really wonderful house. So at that point kind of gave her the little rush to get me into the attic up here. It's really nice. And she, and I'm very, so kind of grateful for COVID. Um, also, I think it was a good way. I still liked how the you know, how people got together a little bit more, 
and got their priorities straight a little better. And I'm so grateful I didn't have to be on the street asking for a dollar in front of Walmart or a gas station when that happened, um, because uh, that would that was that would suck. Nightmare, just a nightmare. Yeah, you know, like the, I like, would have died. It, it, I could have died. Yeah, and it, it's already you know like what you're describing here is already something that you know like it's it's almost in our worst fear. You know, like to end up um, mm. you know like begging and begging. and um, yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you would think that you never had that happen, but I met so many people that, um, they got divorced, a horrible divorce. And then they say, screw it and turn to alcohol. I never really got into alcohol or other hard drugs, but. And, and then again, you know, like, um, I think, uh, I went through a hard, hard separation. Uh, to the point where my, my kids still are alienated by, uh, by their mom. Um, you know, like they, they, you know, like just a, just a disastrous and nightmarish saga, you know, like a judiciary and, you know, like legal saga and, you know, like so on and so forth. And, you know, um, I don't want to bore you with that, but you know, like at some point during that process, you know, like where, where you just doubt yourself and you question yourself you you start to understand um that you could you could lose it you know like you you just could lose all senses of you know like um just lose lose your shit you know like and and and, and go nutcase and um i knew i'm i knew one guy he's like my wife died and i just want to die from alcohol five years seven years later that he was just gone dead yeah. And, and, you know, like there are, uh, stories where, um, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, like I have a great wife, you know, like a fantastic wife now. And, you know, like we had a child that's five years old is going to be six, um, later this year. But, um, and that probably kept my feet to the ground. Um, the fact that I had that, that wonderful person, that wonderful person just reminding me that, you know. I wasn't the asshole that I was described as, mm. or I wasn't the, you know, like the motherfucker that, you know, <laughs> that your ex says you were. Yeah. You I want to, I, oh, I, I, I no, want to no, say go I'm ahead. sorry about all that. Um, yeah. It wasn't as horrible the whole 30 years because I was in Santa Barbara living on the beach. So that was cool. I really loved the ocean, but uh, I still let's rewind had to that, beg. Brian. I, I still I have had to, to beg for, yeah, for I have, basic. I have to hold you off here. You know, like let's pause that cassette and rewind it first. Um, as I pretty much do every week. Um, I need listeners to know that, you know, like this is my first podcast since moving that I'm recording now. So I'm just not only fucking excited about being back, but, um, I'm, uh, I'm probably a bit rusty. Uh, so bear with me guys, but you know, like as I do every week, Brian, I'm going to ask you to just rewind me that tape of your life story. I mean, I want to bring it back to as far as you can remember, just draw me a bit of the family picture. Um, you know, like siblings, parents, you know, like what's the, what's the, uh, What's the, you know, like your, your upbringing like, and, you know, just bring me back, Brian. Well, I was given Ridlin in first grade and that stopped working when I hit puberty. 
and or ADHD, ADD, ADHD. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's, it just made me mean and ornery and upset the whole time of my middle school years. And then they tried all the different drugs until, until I was 16. Uh, they sent me to a boot camp in Samoa. You might have heard of them from 2020. Back then, they did a 2020 um, of it. They had no laws for uh, very little laws, so they could do whatever they wanted. And um, that was horrible. But I got my parents had a very ugly divorce, uh, domestic violence in a hotel. And um, and it affected them too and me the, until I graduated high school. I, any any brothers and sisters, Brian? Yes, I'm I mean, the like, oldest. I'm the okay. oldest, uh, and I have I have Michelle. Uh, she's my younger sister. Actually, I have Alan. He's my younger brother. He's a very upstanding policeman right now in Utah. So I, I look up to him. Actually, even though. He, he needs a little more fun in his life. Um, Michelle. Oh, he's got two. He's got two kids. And Michelle's just had uh, two kids. And, or, or, and Marianne is expecting twins. We just found out yesterday. And she has wow. Aiden. Congrats so. to her. Congrats to her. And my um, dad had another son. So it's Christopher. Does, um, you know, like you, you told me about, you know, like getting the ADD diagnosis pretty young. Um, do you have memories of, you know, like kind of, you know, like, you, you know, how you were, I'd say, you know, compatible or not compatible with, you know, like kind of the school system. Uh, by the way, you born and raised in Utah? Oh, no, California. I'm California. just in Utah now. Okay. And um, do you do you have memories of you know like these times where I you're remember like, I remember um, in like first second third grade walking to the nurse's office to like during middle of class just to get a pill um, I remember that vaguely I don't remember much problems with it until I hit middle school and it was just horrible they were trying my mom would drive an hour and a half to Orange County to see a special doctor. She, they did, they wanted to find out how to make me happier and more, um, less argumentative. Um, so what mother. was the problem? You were like, like, like the, the little was, brat and. Oh no, I was, I was ornery. I was, I was just, I was just like quiet and mean. Okay. Um, when I was on Ridlin in middle school eventually they switched it and i got some patch that i think it was, i i don't remember i want to say clonidine but it's not and that knocked me out i was sleeping i slept in on the ride to school i would get in trouble at school just to go to the detention so i'd spend all day sitting up sleeping and then I would go home and go back to sleep. I remember this for like two months. And then I finally said, I am not taking this medicine anymore. Mama said, oh, I thought you were just faking it. What? How am I going to be faking that? <laughs> I, was a, I was a drone. Yeah. Do, do you, you know, like, do, do, do you have any memories of, um, 
how you felt inside, you know, like in terms of, you know, like, cause now, you know, well, did you know then that you, you were mean and you know, like that you were that, that little, <laughs> I, I, I knew that I was unhappy and I was probably, I knew I was unhappy and I was ornery and I didn't like it. But, um, even if my brother had a stuffy nose, I was just annoyed at that. And, um, other things, uh, I wish, I mean, I wish they had a better understanding back then yeah. of what they do now because now they've said I'm bipolar and um, I believe I have a little bit of Asperger's, which really helped, uh, which really helps me now understanding yeah. it because I haven't been diagnosed with it. I don't want to go through the $3,000 for it and won't even do anything for me. Um, but, um, um, people that work in the field recognize it. Yeah. And does, you know, like, did you feel that, um, you know, you, you just, you know, kind of briefly talked about this, but you know, like, did you feel, um, misunderstood or you know like in terms of i mean at the same time like they're, they're, you know like you're kind of a lab I rat for drugs and yeah well i i always took my medicine even though i was accused of not taking it um and i always did if i remembered to and when i was young when i was in school i remembered when i got back home when i was 16 i dad didn't take me to any doctors or anything i didn't want to and i was fine for another five years um until i took the meds in jail so i always took the meds that they they gave me even though in my book i i talk about how one guy didn't even bother diagnosing me he just gave me what was profitable to him and um i think that's sad when you go to a doctor to get help and they don't ask you any questions. They just say, okay, I read your police report. You're schizophrenic. Here, you take this drug. Take yeah. Zyprexa. And they just want to knock you out, actually. You know, yeah, they, they... Zyprexa is a horrible thing for me. The detox, when you're on it, you're okay. But the detox coming off of it is like three-month-long painful thing. So... You, you you go through a rough time in middle school. How is high school? You know, like you, you well, first of all, just tell me about the boot camp. What was the boot camp about? Yeah, I, was in like six, I was 16. Uh, they decided to give me a, that present as my 16th birthday. We went to Las Vegas um, where the flight to Hawaii was. And we went to the Star Trek Hilton and, um, it was it was cool and then i flew over to hawaii and then there was these people these guys just like keeping you there because we're underage i guess they just keeping you in the in the airport and then i got on the on the flight to samoa and um I didn't realize how horrible it would be until I, until it was horrible. The only reason why it was so horrible, it was like Lord of the flies uh, because the kids were 
the the your co kids were it it were mean too and wanted to get you in trouble and they're all fiending for their drug of choice and um, I'm here this this freaking Mormon that hasn't done any no drugs and they end up getting me in trouble all the time so i it was so most of my time there was spent in in a in a, in a shack um sitting upright hands um on your legs listening to audiobooks with a test at the end that wasn't too bad it was uncomfortable but when it's the same audiobook over and over again it gets for a year you know there's I had, I had like 10 audiobooks one time i was so stressed out that he um one of the leaders grabbed my arm and i didn't know who it was i was not happy at the time i was so i turned around and i slugged him and um I ended up in a in a in a closet. It was category five, so I ended up in a closet eating rice and bread for five days. Yeah, that was cool. I heard rumors that some people were hogtied naked on a table when they first started. So I I don't know for that category of infraction. Yeah, you know, we're, we're stepping over, you know, like if, if yours was a closet for a code five, I mean, that must be a fucking cold 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My yeah. God. And so what was the purpose of that? Just like to quote unquote break you? I was not getting along with my mother. We had yelling matches every day. Dad was not really helping but he wasn't there as much that he wasn't really there to stop the fight and he told me that his alliance is with my mom and uh just whatever you know whatever there's bullshit that my mom says but my at least my dad wanted to be clear about the breakup and my mom just there was when I was in Samoa, the biggest thing that happened was the breakup. However, one of the things that made me not trust my mom at all is that um, when I was in high school, middle school or high school, something like that, th there was one altercation on the stairs and I went past her. Someone picked me up that I never met before, but she says, someone picked me up from school. Why do you break your mom's nose? like what i didn't break my mom's nose she sent pictures of of what happened with my dad and her to my family to my to my people my kids there in samoa and i'm like how could you hate your mom your mom gave you life that kind of thing and um It, it was real difficult because I, I trusted dad a lot more than I trusted mom because mom's write letters were high, just emotional. Whereas dad, my dad's letters, right? This is what happened. This is exactly what happened. And um, I felt like, well, the, 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 she was telling the truth. It's just, it was just um, now I'm older and I realized that 
you know, domestic violence is no excuse, period. But when you're pushed to a point where you can't even think and you're just reaction, reacting, that's why mom can push those psychological buttons. She, she can definitely do that. How, you know, like in, in what, I don't know how to ask a question, but you know, like in what state do you come out of the, um, of the boot camp? You know, like in, in, I went know, like to California, the- uh, Riverside, California, Marina Valley. Um, I went, uh, at that point, mom was, it was, it was three months after, well, six, four months. He had to go to jail for three months in Arizona. So after he got out of jail, he, um, brought me, he, they, he stopped paying the $3,000 a month and, um, they had no choice but to let me go home. And I was asked, probably was asked, where do you want to go, mom or dad? And I was like, I'm here because of mom. So I, I need to go to dad, you know. Um, yeah. So you end up at dad's? Riverside. Yeah, yeah. Dad's. What's the, what's the, what's the spirit like? Oh, it was just me and him for a while. And I was at his office. He had his own business and I was at his office and I was on the computer in 1997, 98. Well, it was, I graduated in 2000, so it must have been 98. Um, And so that was cool, actually. Growing up online, we went to internet conventions. You can believe that they had whole conventions of internet where they were spending money like crazy at the, you know, the LA Convention Center and the, and the stadiums and stuff like that. And it was really cool to go to. I like I like doing that. It was peaceful. I don't remember any problems um, with me and my dad after that. When does it come back? You know, like when does it, you know, like when does it starts um, going so, sideways? So, so after Samoa, it was all good and good until I decided to go to Isla Vista in Santa Barbara, California, which is right on the coast. It's a college town. I was like 22 and um I was looking for girls, right? And what not, what best than a college town. And, Absolutely. And um, it was also right there on the beach. And it was cool after I found it. I fell in love with it. And I got, um, I, I found a house that I wanted to rent. And um, I got these Italians that were just visiting or for the semester um, to move in because it needed eight people. But these guys had like eight, 10. So we moved in and and it was it was fun until I got a, odd, uh, a ticket at 11 for too loud of music. But they don't give you tickets there in in there. They just take you to jail and give you a ticket in jail. And I was in jail for however long. And the doctor decided to give me a pill. And um, that just, of course, it probably was a schizophrenic drug. 
Um, and it just started turning sideways till there. I stayed there for a couple and then, and then I, and then I had problems. I went to the doc, I went to the doctors and the free clinics and stuff like that just to be cool. Cause I've been on meds all my life. I thought, well, I mean, whatever, you know, I'll take it. Cause I'm good test subject. Um, and, um, eventually, eventually it just started getting more and more, uh, eventually it only happened twice a year. And then when I turned up, I stayed there for a long time, but eventually it started growing growing even more and more a jail visit here a hospital visit there and eventually every time i got to jail i went to the hospital afterwards um i wouldn't even be able to walk halfway through i remember one time i was in the cops took me to the middle of nowhere and i had to walk and they i was they took an iv in my took blood or something i was screaming and then they just dropped me off in the middle of nowhere and I had to walk home and they had walked Isla Vista and they were like other, another cop was like that way. And I was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. Do, 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 do you have it, you know, like memories of, you know, I like kind of, cause you know, like obviously you know, like there's, there's kind of um almost like, like a downhill slope of losing sense of reality, you know, like, yeah. The, do, yeah. do, do you remember just like um having like that panic feeling of trying to grasp or you know like to just to keep your feet on the ground or oh, you know, like yeah and and it's difficult when to stay have your feet on the ground when a cop is right there in front of you trying to manage you and it's just like you know I'm doing the best I can, but why are you here? I'm not causing any trouble. The truth was, is I was only in a house for a year there in Santa Barbara and I decided, and, um, and, um, I lost income and, um, I, um, and they just didn't want me there. They just get out. Why are you here? Get out. And that's the attitude that they had. And, um, well, they're getting their karma now. So it's filled with tense right now. <laughs> that does, you know, like the, 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 I, I'm, I'm, you know, like I, I have very little, you know, like I, we hear about it, you know, like, but, but I have very little knowledge of, um, well, first of all, you know, like, the, you know, like obviously the public authorities, doesn't seem, you know, I like get actually here, you know, like in Canada, in Quebec, where I live, okay. they're starting to have, um, like the, the police, um, department are being trained on being first responders on, um, uh, mental health, health issues, you know? So, because they, they've realized that, um, a, you know, like a big percentage of their, of their calls are, are because of mental health crisis and mental health uh, issues and problems. And, and because of that, you know, like they, they have to know what they're dealing with. Um, I think the biggest problem that they 
come to is trying to understand what is going on or what is going on in that person's mind. I think they're always trying to understand, is this person going to go crazy on me or whatever? The first time I, one of the first times I went to the hospital, I went to the church, the Roman or Greek Orthodox church, and they had some old, 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 old trashy uh, kids toys in, in their yawn lawn. I grabbed it and I moved it to, to another church because I was pissed off. I was just trying to move something around. And, um, and then the, the lady called the cops and they're like, I don't know. They talked to me for the cop talked to me for an hour or so until, and I'm like, I'm fine until, until she called the hospital or the social worker or whatever, the mental health manager or whatever to come and visit me and talk to me. And I was just like, I don't want to talk to this lady. All she's going to do is try to bring me to the hospital. And that's what happened. And I didn't even need to go. I didn't even need to go. And that was the biggest time I think that I got on a med that was sent me really downhill. How long does that last? I mean, like that, that must've been like, I was, I was, I was, I was in a downhill slope for 15 years. Fuck. Yeah. It was brutal at the end. See, I also, I'm a, see, I, I try, I got out of Isla Vista a few times, but it's just one of those places where you just love it in, in a way. If the cops weren't there, it would be, and it was more, it would be an awesome place. But, um, uh, one do, time, do, Brian, I, I have to ask you, do you feel that, you know, like sometimes you were troubling the peace, you know, like in between times that maybe, you know, like, you know, like there was some, you know, like from what I hear, you know, like some injustice of why they would, you know, intercept you or whatever. But do you feel that, you know, like between those times there were, really genuine case of you troubling the peace there or it was maybe uh sometimes but i think it was wrong for 7-eleven there to tell me i'm not allowed to stand on the sidewalk in front of their yeah their apartment with a sign or the apartment complex with a sign and cops showing up and saying you know you know you're not allowed to be on the public sidewalk um, I might have also been, there was a few times that I've been really out of sorts at the end when they gave me the injection. Um, they gave me an injection of cystena and vega, which threw me the way out, just way out. I, w I didn't know what was up or down. And um, I was really disheveled. And um, <laughs> on Christmas Day, I grab a grab a grab a um broom broken broomstick on the ground someone says go throw that in the trash so i go throw it in the trash and i see freaking 10 cops pulling out i'm like oh shit i didn't think they were there for me but i dropped the dropped the 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 uh broomstick and they're like why'd you drop the broomstick because i don't want to get in trouble for you and then they freaking tore my legs apart threw me to jail put me gave me a tried to get me for a felony for manufacturing weapons look that up i'm like what i'm not making a gun out of a broomstick and the 
And the prosecutor was such a dick that um, he's, I, I had a case that I bailed out of a couple for breaking a window in a mental hospital and they took me to jail for, for breaking the window in the hospital. But I bailed out of that. And then the prosecutor was like, look, this is a felony. And this, you also have this misdemeanor. You're going to plead guilty. You're going to plead guilty to the misdemeanor or else I'm going to nail you on the, on the felony. And it's just, I was just like, what could they do six months later? And, Still, I still have a frozen bank account because of them. Because I don't want to pay it. Does um, so? You said that for fifteen years. During this fifteen years, it is—is it like only going like downhill, or or you do have like those moments of being, you know, getting better, and you know, like kind of relapsing into darkness and. No, I think it was all downhill after, after, um, pretty much all downhill. Even when I escaped Isla Vista for a couple of months or a year that, um, the meds that I was on made me still unhappy, real difficult to manage. Um, it, I'm in the best place in my life right now. Um, I have... Maslow's needs taken care of. I don't need to have a successful podcast. I don't need to be a successful author. I don't need to do anything but enjoy my TV or computer and my music. Okay. Uh, bring, and, bring me there. You know, like what's the breaking point? You know, like where does it, you know, like where does that, well, you know, like okay, health so cycle I, stopped? How do you get out of it? Well, Recently, uh, um, it, it is it is having a safe place. I think that's really important, and to keep it clean. Um, I think that there have been efforts. I think that if you're homeless, you're on Social Security, and you don't have a same safe place, you need to find a city somewhere in America looking for that has section eight faster for you the move there and then get on section eight and then move back to wherever you wanted to i think that's that's important because um if you don't have a you know, i i lived in a our revcon 71 um which is a uh, rv and that was nice too but my friends would take it over and so that's a problem too if you Some people out here in Utah, I had some friends out here in Utah, they couldn't keep their apartment because of rowdiness and stuff like that. Also, I never got into meth, so that was good for me. Um, that, that'll screw you up real bad and you won't be able to be, uh, I mean, some people can manage it, but I wouldn't have. I knew that when I with as much Ridlin that I took. Um, so to get out of it, some you know what, Joseph, Joseph Prince is a TV evangelist and he says, when you're drowning, you don't need someone to teach you how to swim. You need someone to pick you up and rescue you from drowning. You can't learn lessons as you're drowning. So um, 
it doesn't matter who it was, who it would be to take, to rescue you, but you can't learn how to swim as you're panicking in, in distress. So I think who, who rescued you? Um, my mom or my grandparents actually, um, by enabling and my mom, my grandparents, my, my stepdad, this apartment, even though it's in Utah, um, which isn't my favorite state, but um, <laughs> it's beautiful. You're, I just you're bluntly wish... honest, Brian. I fucking love it. <laughs> but as you can see, it's really nice. I have my own bedroom. I have my own kitchen. I have my own bedroom. It's a big bedroom. I have my own kitchen. You know, good size for an apartment like for me. And my own theater and uh, washer and dryer room, bathroom, everything. Uh, and I've been stable. Uh, since I've been here, I've been to the hospital three times, I think, but that was just to get the meds right. I was li I was on lithium when I got here, and then they said that was killing my li liver, so they put me on something else, and I eventually got uh, upright and straight. How do you, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like, there, there, there seems to be an obvious fragility you know, like, you know, like in, in your self-care, right? You know, like in terms of how do you manage, even manage yourself, you know, like there's, 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 you know, like that, that's, you know, like that's kind of my outside perception of your, your story, you know, like that there, that there's, there seems to be kind of always a thin line that you need to walk to be sure to be, um, to, to be balanced. Um, yeah. How, you know, like, how do you, how, and, and, you know, the question may seem dumb, but, you know, like, how do you try or, you know, like give your best effort to keep it together? You know, because, because there's obviously um, the fact that you tell me that, you know, like you, you, you've gone, not necessarily for misdemeanor, but, you know, you've gone to the hospital a couple of times or three times um, rather, you know, like, does that you know, like, the, the, how do you, you know, like, how do you balance that act? You know, like, because, you know, like there, there seems to be, you know, like it's a, it's a tough juggling act. I, I don't know how it's like to be somebody else. And so it's, um, uh, I like to, I have my comfort zone, but I've been working really hard to get, push my comfort zone as big as possible um but some days i i just want to sleep and it's not that i'm depressed the meds make me sleepy or stuff like today i was like i want to write my book I've been, i've been trying to write a book for another book for freaking a year now and i have only gotten two thousand words done this one's got to be fifty thousand words because it's a fiction novel and to to know that I don't need to do it, but I want to do it, but still not want to do it. I, I don't know. I mean, the balance that you're talking about is probably good if you do yoga and follow your doctor's instructions, make sure your doctor is a good doctor um, and um, eat healthy. I think that's important. Um, keeping your hygiene up. 
keeping your place clean so you can feel good inside. I like to read um, self-help books and that also um, probably helps me more than I know. But, um, I, you know, it's still not, it's still not perfect, but there's very little, if I follow like social norms. Yeah. You know, like that's where, you know, like that's exactly where I was getting, you know, like what I was hearing, you know, like you said it best, you know, like you, you don't know. You know, like you can't know the, what you don't know. And with, the, um, and with the Asperger's makes it even more difficult. Um, in Santa Barbara, being disheveled, homeless and dirty wasn't wasn't that um, good for a social norm, especially when the kids are getting younger and younger. Um, but um, I have to be bluntly honest with you, Brian. Uh, my five-year-old son is on the spectrum. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been diagnosed at two years old. Um, where, where we swarm him with, with resources. Um, he has such an entourage of, of, I would say gay, guardian angels almost, you know, like people that do have phenomenal care for him. Um, we invest time, money, spirit at tons uh, for our son, you know, like, so, and That's it's amazing. funny and right they now, didn't know about that when yeah. I was in first grade and right now, you know, like the, he's, a, he's about to join school and, um, we just moved and, and, you know, like they, they, he's got, he had, uh, his evaluation at a school, you know, like at, at the school that's, I'd say a few blocks from home, you know, like said so the home that we eventually bought. And uh, they never told us that there was a possibility of not go of my son not going to that school. So you know, like we bought the house and we were just like, okay, fine. You know, like we were so happy and you know, like knowing that we were a few minute walk from you know where we would start school. So uh, last week or two weeks ago, we received a letter confirming that our son's been admitted, but at a school that's actually at least half an hour ride uh you know a car ride from home mm. and we lost our shit you know like so so it we actually escalated um to um um you know like to to almost like to government authorities mm. to fight our son's case you know like saying what the fuck are you guys doing you think that you know like uh you know like a, a human being um more so a human being on the spectrum is going to endure um, changing his full environment to like a school schedule and all that and adding almost over an hour of transportation per day. Are you fucking crazy? You know, like so, and um, actually yesterday we pushed so much that they confirmed that they, they changed their mind. You know, oh, good luck. how bizarre, good. I'm, you know, like, good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> so they actually changed their mind and they're going to adapt, um, to our son's need at the school. That's right. You know, like a few minutes from here. Uh, but you know, like the, you know, like your, your, your life story touched me a lot, you know, like, because I, I, this is something that, you know, like as a parent, you know, like I, I'm, 
you 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 don't want you know like and you know like nothing you know like your parents just didn't know you know like you can't know something you don't know you know so um it was you know like the the you know like there's kind of um two approaches you know like well in 2021 there's like two approaches to that the first is to acknowledge that you know like you know like your son has like a is special in his you know in his own way and that you're gonna do your best to have him enjoy life you know like just have him have fun you know like i you know like that's all i want you know like i want him to you know have a fun riding that life you know um and then there's you know like you mentioned it you know like there's this fucking social norm and you're like how you know like how are you gonna have you know like that 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 little human being kind of dense with that social norm that people and are all expecting people pick up on it so quickly it's unbelievable and just don't like you for no reason like yeah. a barking dog barking at you for no reason and it's just like you know and they're like i didn't feel uncomfortable at the time and then later you also feel uncomfortable when meeting new people and social you, norms are hard to grasp have you um, you know, like, even though, you know, like you, you, you're not, um, diagnosed with, you know, like Asperger, um, have you looked at, you know, like resources and, you know, like any, any kind of, um, places that, you know, like e- even in your local area that would be like, I don't know, like, like, um, um, you know, like public, um, services that do have, I don't know, like, like, um, social centers or, you know, like social, uh, gathering and, you know, like just for, you know, like for the sake of, um, identifying to yourself, uh, you know, like confirming your identity to, you know, like to, to some kind of, you know, a like group, you know, like, and, and I mean that by, you know, like, cause I feel that, um, there's, I, well, that's my belief that there's a benefit to that, you know, like in terms of, you know, like just because you're identifying pains that I'm guessing that, you know, like millions of people do go through. Most, um, most of what I've seen so far around here are meant for younger people. Yeah. I don't think there's that many. I mean, most of the resources and stuff, although I haven't, I've looked into the spectrum and, and, um, I know I'm high functioning on it Yep. and, um, I'm just, uh, uh, um, my mom, um, now says maybe I can, uh, mentor, just volunteer at a youth facility or something like that. Um, some, that would be kind of fun. Um, I got to talk to my therapist about how to go about doing that. There, there are, um, there are buildings available, so I don't, I don't see why I couldn't do that, but meeting with people my age or around, or at least 18 and above, I, I don't, I don't know of anything, but there might, there'd probably be. I think there's uh, Mark Robber. Is it Mark Robber? You know, like the guy that did the um, glitter bombs on YouTube. I don't know if you saw that. You know, like people that steal packages. There's a there's a guy that he's a he's an ex NASA engineer um, that does like a 
highly popular YouTube channel and you know I could just like he built uh, a glitter bomb inside a false package that people steals and you know like when they steal it you know like they get all <laughs> glitter you know like so funny but his son is actually on the spectrum and recently he did a huge fundraiser with um, Jimmy Kimmel and um, oh cool and his fundraiser was actually around um, a foundation that's not here in Canada, you know, like I've looked in, into it, but uh, they actually are uh, helping um, uh, adults, adults on the spectrum to, you know, like reintegrate the workplace and, you know, like getting resources and all, you know, like, so um, I, I would have to look into this, but, you know, there are, um, I think there are resources. It's just that, you know, like we're, it's, it's, I think those are the early days of us. Um, I, I just get, don't know what I to know. want out yeah. of services. <laughs> I don't know what I want out of it. I don't necessarily need. Yeah, more friends would be nice. But um, also not being officially diagnosed, I have been hesitant to tell them, hey, I need help. Yeah. Um, so even though I have all this stuff, I went to the. I went to the to the dispensary people given the different for medical marijuana in Utah. They just passed it, and they're like, "You don't qualify." I'm like, "What?" And they're like, uh, "Asperger's counts or autism counts, but and PTSD counts, which I both have, but I haven't been." I we weren't talking about it so much with my doctor and so it's just anyway what's your um what's your daily life routine like to keep kind of keep it you know like kind of stable and you know like um like keep it on the ground what's you know like what's a typical Brian day life uh day like Mostly, um, let's see here. I spend a lot of time cleaning the apartment and listening to music. And I have, I have all the Showtime, HBO stuff, even though I watch it every once in a while. Um, or, you know, um, I, clean myself clean the apartment clean watch tv i guess now with covid it's a little harder to find, find friends. sometimes i'll go for a walk to the del taco um uh i've been trying to write i've been doing my medica meditation podcast trying to do that on a schedule um i've been talking about successful. yoga do you do yoga yeah, actually, uh, what I decided to do this instead today, but I do do yoga. There's a Krishna temple um, just down the street from me, and they have yoga um, that I go on Wednesdays with my mom. And um, that's really nice. They recently changed the instructor, and she's pretty good. Both of them are really good, but very different and yoga is good i'd like to exercise more but i just don't have the energy wow you just um uh, you shook me brian you do you freaking shook me tonight <laughs> well thank you. you you fucking got me you know like th this is um 
it's a fascinating story in the sense that um i think it you know like it it, it talks a lot about um well not only you know, like our acceptance or i mean the general acceptance of the social norm and how it evolved in the past years um but but not only that but you know like the you know, like the, the, my guess is that, you know, like there was initially a lot of mishandling of, you know, like how do we deal with mental health yeah, issues? Yeah, they had no idea. Most of the time, if they just left me alone or gave me a hamburger, it would have been fine. <laughs> That's it. Just a hamburger. <laughs> I just need to make it through the second, dude. You know, yeah. I need something to eat. That's my blood sugar is off the charts. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So I'm grateful for COVID um, because my food stamp card went up $200 a month. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, tell me, you know, like, by, you know, like, um, Tell me about, you know, you know, like I, you know, I, first of all, I want to thank you. You know, like, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for how open you were, you know, like, uh, for, for this episode. Um, finally, you know, like, tell us about, you know, like your podcast, your book, tell us where we, we can find you. Um, I want well, people I to self, know you. I self published a book called how to escape an insane asylum by B-R-I-A-N, Brian Carpenter. And it's a 10,000 page, 10,000 word book, which means it take about an hour, hour and a half to read. Um, I've got like eight five-star reviews. I'm not, um, um, I wish it was more easier to, to advertise for publicize, but, um, um, so check that out and my meditations are at mindandme.net. So mind.me.mindandme.net. Oh, perfect. So all of these links are going to be found in the episode description. So no need to run for pen and paper. Um, it's all going to be in the episode description. Brian, thanks a lot again. You know, like that there's, um, there has to be courage you know across you know like the 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 desire to share that story you know, like i was to be honest with you all the people in commitment in those hospitals don't really have the capacity to write a book and i thought i i mean not all of them but you know very rarely i thought i was one of them and i thought and i was literally in an insane asylum many many times but a long-term one three of them um and but i thought it was responsibility i don't care who knows i think it's important that they have a that the a community voice. a voice needs to know that you know what can I do? I wish I could do something. It's yeah. very hard. You know, there's not much anyone can do, but love, I guess. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Brian. Really. Uh, I wish you Thank the you, best. Alex. It was a, uh, it was a pleasure having you on and, you know, um, stay healthy, my friend. Stay yeah, healthy. You too. Thank uh, you. Namaste. Bye-bye.